Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Call June. Mom, this is FaceTime. Oh gosh, I need you to write a couple of things down. The car keys, I just said write it down. You're not writing it down. Kevin and I are headed to LAX and we need you to pick us up on Monday. Keep your location on the entire time I'm away. No fun, got it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kel Smith. Joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. David, so what movie are we talking about this week? Um, it's, uh, I'm, my train of thought seems to have gone missing. Well, while we search for that train of thought, go on a searching um oh for the, you're missing you know, train of thought. looking at my computer screen i feel like it reminds me of the movie we watched that we're it's, missing the train of thought the pers- yeah we're, yeah so it's, so it's missing which is uh pseudo sequel like whatever you spin off whatever anthology. you want it's, it's a su- anthology to it's a star wars anthology <laughs> Uh, a searching story or a, a searching mystery like like Wes Onion. Um, so it's, it's kind of the follow up to the 2018 movie Searching, which both are told from the perspective of a computer screen, um, primarily through a Mac, uh, although there are other devices utilized. In Windows movies, is used at the beginning of Searching. Windows, there's like a watch, uh, sometimes cell phones. And so there's just like, I, I thought, um, I guess kind of just to get into like, I guess, I mean, it's only been four, five, uh, almost five years. Well, it's kind of like four and a half uh, years mm-hmm. since searching. But so we don't really have an extensive history with it. But I remember um, it came out relatively soon after those unfriended movies. I kind of skipped on those. Uh, they didn't really seem interesting, but I was hearing good things about searching. So in 2018, I remember going to check it out and being pleasantly surprised. And like, I thought it used the format really well and effectively, and it still managed to highlight John Cho's performance. And um, I, and I was really impressed when I found out afterwards that the computers, everything that happened on the computer screen was visual effects so it was like they recreated all of the different apps that you would see on a mac and within um i guess uh adobe um what's the um adobe photoshop or adobe illustrator illustrator yes um so they kind of like recreated the uh aesthetic of a Mac and all of the other various uh, devices and things utilized. And I I thought it was really inventive, uh, especially uh, for how it managed to tell the entire story from that POV. Like I thought that was, they were really creative with figuring out ways to maintain that through almost a two i think it's an hour and a half two hour movie somewhere in that range uh Um, yeah about an hour 40 hour 50 for each one yeah so for to maintain that for that length of time without feeling like a gimmick was really impressive to me and so for the movie to have a very strong emotional through line as well like considering that it's from the perspective of a computer like is like a miracle like the opening to that movie is like I would compare it to like the opening of like Up in terms of how devastatingly sad it is in such a brief amount of time and how I and I found what I what I found interesting about Missing is how 
it kind of paralleled searching in a lot of ways, but then would uh, with like certain tropes and uh, story devices and uh, different things um, that were that you would as you're watching it for the first time. If you've seen searching as you're watching missing, you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of like they're repeating that beat here. This feels a little formulaic. And then I was really pleasantly surprised to see they would kind of subvert that and like do a little twist, and there'd be like a lot of there'd be a lot of darker undertones to these uh, things you're that on on the surface um, as you're watching for the first time seem like copy and paste. Uh, and so I was really pleasantly surprised by that. I thought they did that really effectively. And so that's kind of I guess my little spiel on searching and. Um, a little bit of how it relates to Missing. And um, as for Missing itself, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was about on par with Searching. Um, I thought it also was very creative and inventive with using the perspective of the computer, even though it wasn't quite as fresh, because it's like you're basically kind of doing the same thing again, same type of story with like kind of this mystery for uh, a missing person. Um, trying to find them through the internet and but I think they were inventive enough with like exploring different avenues and kind of like I mentioned kind of subverting the troops right and so yeah they are subverting the troops well it's also like they're turning them on their head like I mean there's stuff in this movie where uh like the first movie, it's very much the dad is searching, you know, then the next movie, it's the daughter searching. So it's a whole role reversal of the parent is now missing and now the child has to go find them. But it's like different characters. Like it's not like it's not like the it's not the Kims in this movie in Missing. It's um it's a different family and it's a different like and it's not even a different family. It's a it's a single, you know, parent uh, child relationship. So, and that's what kind of kicks everything off. And, but what's so great about each opening is you don't know like what point of view you're watching the story from when you're starting on missing. Like you, like with searching, it's very obvious that it's David um, or John Cho's character. So, but here it's like, you know, we think it's a daughter. She's trying to like, you know, move some stuff around, you know, in her computer. And then we got to the main scene with mom and daughter or daughter trying to get cash for drinks and whatnot for, you know, being for her big summer party, you know, while her mom's away. So, you know, so, but yeah, so to kind of get into my thoughts, I think these movies, they're fun to watch. They are, um, they have a very tight story, like, you know, like both movies end with a conclusion where if you walked out of this theater or if you walked away from your, you know, MacBook or whatever, if for like five minutes and you were still having like questions, like putting it together, you were like, oh yeah, of course it's this person. Of course, of course it's, it's this, it's that. So they choose the right person to pin it, the whole thing on. Because then you can think about it five minutes later and be like, oh yeah, that's how that's how this is all connected. So it is a tightly scripted narrative. What I will say to kind of preface the audience is what happens in these movies, like along the journey, is batshit insane. Like <laughs> like we go from, you know, mom is or daughter's missing to did you really know who your daughter was? Was your daughter like a secret agent or something? Or, you know, or the mom is like, or when the mom's missing and missing, it's like, did you really know your mother? Was she like a secret? Like, was she had a secret life or something? Like, who was she running from? And it's just like, whoa, whoa. This movie went from like, you know, standard 48 hour, you know, mystery to now it's like an international, like, you know, manhunt mystery you know who was this woman or who was this person so and every movie concludes in like the most batshit insane way i mean for search okay you know what we're gonna do spoilers uh we're gonna do spoilers for this whole thing because we just kind of have to go into it so for searching it's like the twist is the 
cop, the detective uh, is working with detective is covering up the, you know, the daughter's death or death, um, you know, for her son who accidentally push accidentally pushed her over the, you know, over a ravine that was 50 feet and, you know, leaves her to die. And then like the way she survives is a fucking rainstorm, you know, the, <laughs> the, you know, the rainstorm that just so randomly happened. So she would have had to have only survive for two days without water. It's like, like the, the reveal that that happened. It's just like, I was laugh. I was both laughing so hard and, Cause it's just like, of course it's like, of course it's something that's ridiculous. Um, and then for missing, it's like, you know, Oh, it's the dad, which also interesting parallel to or side, you know, flipping on its head because the dad is searching for the daughter. And, you know, so it's like much like the dad from the last movie is searching. So it's just like it, it's an all interesting parallel. And as someone who didn't see missing before I saw searching, it was still the ending and how everything unraveled was still like a mind fuck to me. Like that's how like great the story is. Um, and sorry, I think both movies are also um, like all the de- kind of similar to like um, not to keep, drawing comparisons to Knives Out and Glass Onion. But like similarly to those movies, there are so many details that uh, when the twists are revealed, there are details kind of hinting at that. And like the groundwork is laid and there's like so much um, attention paid to um, kind of fleshing those things out to where when the reveal happens, if you go watch it again, you'll uh, discover new things that well draw your attention to saying oh okay so that's blah 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 right absolutely absolutely um and then the other thing too is what's so great about missing is it really does try to mislead it's trying to be a red herring you know much like you know like it's trying so hard to sell you that the detective's not doing hard enough work it, he's asking the same questions as the last as Deborah Messing from the first movie, you know, and it's trying so hard to play red herring uh, with a detective. Um, not, even the te- not even just the detective, but also the lawyer that um, is she's de- that she's dealing with. That's her mom's friend. Right. And then like even the her mom's boyfriend, um, soon fiance, like there's a lot of red herrings there. And like, you kind of get the sense like from at the beginning with the opening, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is a similar tragedy to what happened in the searching where she's uh, now we have a single parent taking care of their child. There's some kind of, there's some tension between them and they're like, so like it's kind of reconciling and uh, it's like them losing the other one and having to find them and going through that tragedy brings them closer together and so like i mean in a way that that broad um (laughs) that broad story is kind of the the broad strokes are the same what's the relatability of it all yeah like can we get hooked to you know storm reed and her journey because the whole movie she feels like her mother is kind of shut her father out like has you know moved on to has moved on you know with this other guy and you know and she's in this kind of like kind of like you know blanket of grief if you will you know where you know and on top of that like she feels hurt that you know this is all happening on around father's day weekend so it just hurts even more that you know she's alone you know she doesn't have her father her mother is in like you know, a co- her mom's in a different country, you know, with a different, with another man. So it's, so it's all those things kind of wrapped up, you know, in like, she's just really wrapped herself up in a, you know, a blanket of depression and trad, you know, in grief that she still just hasn't gone over. Cause she's lamenting the, she's lamenting the relationship she never got to have with her father. Cause her death, cause her father died or 
quote unquote died so young. So it's so that's what I, you know, so that's a great so it's a great start to her character. It's a great start to Storm Reed's character. Um, I will say, though, like uh, as the time goes on, it is like the way the story evolves and the way she uses different people and the way that, you know, um, Javi, Javi, Javier. Oh, I loved his character. Like he was such a wholesome, nice guy. And like you kind of have like the like unsettling feeling when she's like reaching out to strangers to like help her through the internet. And there's this guy that I think he only had like two and a half stars compared to it. I thought that was really hilarious though, when she's trying to find someone and she's looking at her budget and she's like, What can I afford? And like so it's like there's the highly rated guy that's super expensive and she's like, No, bring the budget down. And then the best she can do is the guy that's like two and a half stars. And so like from from that get go you're where you're you have a little bit of apprehension to like what's he gonna be like is he gonna be like is he gonna be like a little sketchy is he involved in this somehow because you know searching had these crazy ass twists where the people that helped were involved so is that gonna be a, and and it was so nice that he was just a nice guy that was he wanted to help and i liked that even after like their quote-unquote like business relationship ended they still kind of maintained like he still was interested in helping this girl find her mother and they he still was willing to help her out as much as he could from his end and like have conversations with her and i i thought it was just like very wholesome like he was he was a great character i loved him um yeah it was great (laughs) no i mean he and it's and he's so great like in in this and it's all a nice subversion because everyone that's trying to help uh reed's character they're basically trying to be a parent like or not like a parent but they're trying to be like give her you know all this wisdom and advice you know that a parent would normally give um you know i mean even the lawyer you know the lawyer's trying to like you know no just let the police handle it you know let them handle because you know and also i mean what's great about the lawyer is she doesn't want to admit you know, that's something more sinister, like her father, you know, could be involved. You know, she doesn't want to admit that something like this could have happened just yet, you know. And then when she probably does find, it's all these interesting things where, you know, there's these little subtleties with the actors where it's like they probably do know know something bigger is going on, but they can't either because the dad's already been in contact or they're trying to also, like, respect, you know, the mom's wishes. Uh, so it's just like this great, and then Javier is just there, you know, trying to be like, well, you know, I don't also get to contact my son. So, you know, he's trying to like, you know, share his side of, you know, what, you know, what really might be, you know, Reed's mom's side of the story. So, you know, and, you know, and, and, and it is, it's just a really good way to tell the story. And, I do love all the different clues. I mean, I even love the subversion where we really do for the longest time think, you know, that the guy that her mom is with really just is a nice guy. And he just, you know, yeah. I mean, he's just being romantic. And it is like a perfect. There's a lot of like, there's so like, it's crazy. The roller coaster ride of this movie, <laughs> because you're you're very suspicious of him early on. And then it's like the movie seeming like things, uh, events unfold that seemingly prove his innocence. And then she'll discover something and you'll be like, wait, what? And then you're like, okay, no, screw that guy again. And then it's just like, it's just, this movie is insane. But like, it's still somehow grounded in a way. Like, even though these crazy batshit things are happening, they don't feel like too absurd. Like, they feel like this, like maybe there's a little bit of stretching of disbelief involving with like, okay, the dad like made friends with this guy and they like organized this whole thing. And they paid for this extremely expensive, you know, trip and then created this elaborate, you know, like vacation, hired this actress, you know, to come with this person to Columbia, which is not a very, it's not a cheap thing to do, by the way, I should just point it out. And it's not like these things are like 
they're unrealistic maybe not necessarily in this there there's like an element of like well i mean i guess while this is crazy it's feasible like for someone to do like so like there's a little bit mm-hmm. of that that makes it a little unnerving too and there's just there's so much to pick apart about this movie um just in the small details like we were talking about earlier like it's really well thought out um one thing I want to talk about is how the beginning of the movie is completely re- recontextualized by, I think, like around like the end of the second act or the beginning of the third act or so. Yeah, beginning of the third act. Um, when, after the father like, revealed. Yeah. yeah, after the father's revealed and then he kidnaps his daughter and you're just like, what the heck? What and do we then do it now? goes back and you realize when in the beginning when you see... The mother from the mother's computer when she's cutting or kind of like abbreviating the she's trimming down the footage mm. and she's specifically cutting out the end and what you're shown leads you to believe she's cutting out the end because she doesn't want her daughter to see her father sick like that is what the impression is because his nose is bleeding and then are are like you get that impression and then like you get the impression okay he must have died or something and then you see like her deleting her accounts and you're like okay maybe she's doing that for like her own closure so she doesn't have to see this stuff online or whatever and then like getting the reveal that the father was abusive and that she's doing this for her own safety and for her daughter's safety like brings a whole nother like brings so like when you go revisit this movie there's so much more to what her mother's doing, why she's behaving the way she is. Like there, there's you just see it with a whole different uh, perspective. And I thought that was a brilliant, kind of a similar to like Glass Onion in that sense. But like, I thought it was a brilliant twist um, that I didn't see coming. Uh, there were a lot of twists in this movie I didn't see coming because I I, I didn't watch any of the trailers because. I just did they just I never saw them in the theater I didn't seek them out um so I I went into this cold the only thing I knew was that it was like related to searching and uh, and... um yeah I mean the the only trailer I saw was in front of Megan uh so that's the only way I knew so I've known of this movie for like two weeks now and I just and then like it just so happened to have been like oh it's releasing this weekend so or this past weekend so yeah, that's how uh, that's how fast I knew about m- missing because I was just like, okay, Stormy, you know, gonna go find her mom. You know, apparently her mom is like got a secret life or something, whatever. Because that's what that's what was so hinted in the trailer. Like, what does the mom have? What conspiracy? And I theory? do like how both movies lean into the internet's kind of like obsession with like kind of picking apart in their own conspiracy theories and how the internet responds to these type of things. Like, I think that was a lot of thought. That was some thoughtful commentary in both movies, searching and missing. Um, And especially here, how like it's even commented on in terms of like, they have like the spoof movie or or the spoof series on Netflix or whatever. The Netflix show. Yeah. There's like the the Netflix Netflix show that's, it's like retelling this t- terrible tragedy of this missing person and like all the cover up and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you realize like, yeah, that's kind of what all those um, true crime type of shows are like. And it's like, there's something kind of gross about how society is kind of um, <clears throat> latched on and kind of, I don't know. It's so fa- fascinated by that. Like, it's just kind of, there's something kind of perturbing about that. And I think this movie was kind of uh, right in commenting on it the way it did. Like, especially like, it was in, I, one, I mean, it's not her arc of the movie, but for the daughter to like start out watching that show with fascination and kind of being a part of it and being a part of the problem, so to speak. And then by the end, once she's experienced it and there's an episode based on her life, now she knows what it like how it's weirdly like exploitative like i thought that was really clever i mean it's a small thing but i thought that was clever um obviously uh, this movie has a lot of really good setups and payoffs the best payoff being the siri thing that had me laughing so hard at the theater 
when it's like finally paid off at the end when she's like trying to figure out how are the heck are we going to call the police or whatever and then she's like realizing oh this computer is monitoring my computer where these are the cameras that i was seeing my computer is monitoring this you know particular room so hey siri and then it's like i as that was happening like i was just like oh i just activated siri actually um I was just dying of laughter because I was like, of course. I that and it's funny how it's set up as being this kind of innocent thing where the mom is like not too tech savvy, where it's like she just uses Siri for things on accident or whatever. And for it her to her to constantly kind of um berate her mom for that. And then for that to be the thing that gets them out of the situation. Like I thought that was like just a stroke of genius and like kind of like a weirdly dark. Uh, comedic bit in a sense like i don't know i thought it was comedic uh, i don't not sure how you interpreted it i mean it's so clever like you can't you can't not laugh at it like it is a clever way i mean and, and that's like why i genuinely do like these movies are because these movies like no matter what how you cut it like there's not any ounce of fat there's not nothing is shown that won't be used later I mean, nothing, no detail is left untouched, like, by the end of the movie. Everything is explained, everything is, you know, figured out, like, it it, it all works, like, it all, like, it all pieces together perfectly well, like a nice 100-piece puzzle. So, it, it, it works very, very well, and to me, I mean, the ending, I really loved it. I loved how, like, the mom is you know, trying to get out and trying to get, you know, and I love like how like through this story, it is a story about abuse and it's a story about like how these two people are trying to, you know, keep running and keep running away, even though the daughter never knew that she was running away. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just genuinely. <laughs> and the ending of this movie is terrifying. <laughs> like when the dad like steals her, or kidnaps her and then brings her and like ties her up and then is like gonna shoot the mom and all this crap like and then he does shoot the mom later and it's just like damn this guy is scary and this is like some serious shit <laughs> like well, it's it's so dark and sinister that it's just like just this totally weird crazy situation that you're just like dang this is like this is intense <laughs> Well, when it's revealed that the dad is like the pastor that was helping the other guy, uh, and you're just like, it, that it was a so... crazy twist too. Because yeah, and because of course, and that's the brilliance of this movie is you're watching it all from it is from the computer's point of view technically, but the person who's using the computer is the daughter, so we're only seeing like from what she knows. And so this whole movie is about like the dangers of what kids don't know about their past. And also, I mean, I mean, both in both movies also are about like what, you know, if parents like allow like this much, like kind of like link rope, if you will, like, you know, with Deborah Messing, like she, the whole, she has that. If you remember in searching, Deborah Messing has that whole story about how her son basically stole like money for a fake charity that you know wasn't like you know it was meant like it was an innocent like little it was an innocent thing but if you let some of that stuff slide and then you eventually become the per you eventually become the person trying to bury the body or you know son you're just killed (laughs) and this the whole idea of you know if if her mother had told her or tried to explain to her like who her father was instead of basically building this like idolization of her father then maybe she could have pieced together you know sooner in that her father might have kidnapped it would have been like this elaborate thing you know but she probably could have you know cut through the rope a lot faster and maybe even been more proactive worked with the lawyer the lawyer would have probably been still alive you know but another red herring about the lawyer that while I was watching it that I that like popped in my mind was like there's a there's a moment earlier in the in the movie where she like implies that she thinks the mom's boyfriend is hot 
or something and like so you're wondering you're like okay are they having an affair and this was some elaborate plot to get the mom out of it and like they were like okay we'll use this whole trip as an excuse to like get her out of the picture and then we're good and then so you're like that's one thing that ran through my mind and especially because they they hint at the um the like encrypted text messages and you find out that whoever when she gets into the text messages also i love that the guy like there was like that detail about like do you think he's the type of guy that we use the same password for everything and how like <laughs> once she gets into like that uh his gmail she's kind of able to figure and what through one way through some means she's able to get into everything else and so that's kind of like one thing that's like a little scary that you're like oh man maybe i should be a little more secure with my stuff um but uh yeah so like as that's unfolding you're wondering like okay is she involved like when she discovers that phone number is she has like oh uh i lost my phone number blah blah blah, tell me what it is and like one thing else and then like when you when it's like alluded to that the dad is has a some software that he's able to monitor the daughter's computer screen before you know who it is like even just the thought of that is terrifying and it's so unnerving and like that and then the score that accompanied it like it was just like it it just made you so uneasy and then when the person comes and then like i thought it was brilliant the like whole when the dad's revealed like kind of the realization that that man that she saw that was driving the car the uber and like all this thing like everything connects to where and like he's the pastor and blah 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 blah. you know all of this connect all this is connected in a way that you wouldn't you wouldn't have imagined at the start of the movie and so i'm curious if they make a third one um i hope i'll finding uh whatever this third movie is i'm i'm curious to see what they do to differentiate it from these two since these two have some i I hope they like kind of maybe for the third one if they if they want to keep like the kind of parent child motif going sure but like i think it'd be kind of more uh refreshing if they kind of they, they, they it was refreshing in a sense to kind of flip it on its head and have the daughter find the mother but like maybe like have a different dynamic like maybe husband wife or like um brother sister like i don't know you could have like you could have there's infinite possibilities for relationships you could kind of pair together where they're trying to discover something. or the new so, pair in the relationship now has to find the family yeah there there's a lot of interesting possibilities so i'd be curious to see if there is a third movie what they do with that yeah i'm curious because uh like there's not many other like um there's not many other different terms for missing or searching so like like i mentioned one of them like found finding um but i mean there's not a whole lot of others you could use so I mean, it'll be interesting. And also all these movies, like they are very nice. They're very tight and they conclude, they all have happy endings, even though they, they leave you in the darkest moments. I mean, what I will say about searching is when it's revealed that the daughter might have already been killed by this other dude, this random guy. Um, it is like, it feels like the bottom falls out in a way like it feel like you feel it and that's why like and also like john show is such a really good actor there and so and this movie doesn't ha- get to that doesn't get to that level but it does have like this kind of mind fuck ending but it's only because we're seeing it from storm reed's point of view and she doesn't in she doesn't have all the information one thing that i will say is kind of this is like kind of nitpicky but one thing i will say that is kind of you have to really suspend this belief for is like the idea that someone would just leave their face i mean they do it because they need a means for the person's face to be on the screen um for there to be a performance but like the for someone to leave their facetime window open without calling someone just for that extended a period of time is a little unrealistic like with john cho 
you at least have like the element of like, okay, well, he's the dad. He doesn't really know how to use the computer as well as his daughter. You know, like there's that element of it where um, there's like the technology technologically challenged uh, to for not necessarily that he's like a boomer, but like he's he's not like he's not the most tech savvy individual. Whereas Storm Reed clearly is, and they kind of have to. I I mean I understand why they're doing it, but it's just like in terms of like feeling authentic, that is one like minor 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 nitpick I would have with this. I think I want to say some of the older models of MacBooks probably did have like just the FaceTime thing like ready to open like for a call. Um, I want to say that is a thing. I I don't know if that's true or not, but I I want to because I do remember like you know. Mac, because I do remember having an iPad that just like randomly, like you know, you could click on the FaceTime and it will still like be there. But it is a movie. It's a movie leap where you just go, you know, yeah, that is weird that someone would leave their FaceTime on while they're sleeping. But you know, whatever. It, it is a nitpick, <laughs> but but it, it it makes for good dramatic effect, and that's kind of like what these yeah. movies are. Like they are technically found footage, but they are not. They're it, you see the directing more. Like what, like what I say about this technique that Searching has is that you know they have a score, they you know plan their shots out very meticulously to where they can like have camera movement or where they can have like a shot for dramatic effect, even if it's you know a, sitting down like it's still shot, like the like you and I are talking right now. Like it's still like meticulously, you know, you know, shot for, you know, you know, for dramatic effect where you are with the actors, you know, in their, you know, headspace and motion. It's not a paranormal activity thing where it is shaky or where it is just, you know, it's not like that at all. You know, it's not, you know, ambient sounds. It's not creeping, you know, noises. It's, you know, there, there is a score. It is a movie but it's telling you the story in a very dramatic way. That's why I kind of think some of the, you know, that's why when I look at their like little like Netflix, you know, pair like satire or criticism, I kind of look at it with a little bit of disdain. Cause it's like, I mean, I know these movies are not based off of real events, but you kind of are like dramatic, exploiting, dramatic, a, tra- exploiting a, tragedy, a fake tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. You are like it's like almost a little, it's almost a little hypocritical in a sense. Except it's not based on real events. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, right. Mm. There was uh, one thing I liked about one thing um, I thought about on that note. One thing I liked about searching that missing didn't ever do is that like whenever they would put the they would either shut the computer down or put it in sleep mode. You would see the like screensaver with like the little the mac little i don't know what to call it the little twirly light things like you would oh, see that the screensaver you... where yeah it's yeah the, right yeah the but, ray of light and missing never used that technique one thing i missing did that i haven't seen searching in a while so maybe searching did this but missing utilized a lot of different apps and things in like like I think you get some view of like Snapchat. You see that POV from that watch, that like smartwatch. You get the um, I don't whatever the the app is that she uses to find hire hobby. Um, right, there's like a couple James other or, ones. Yeah, yeah, and then like there's the um, the. The one she uses for all the transactions is kind of like the discount Venmo or whatever. Like <laughs> there were some apps they were kind of creative about using in terms of like, and there was like a lot of a lot of creative like transitions and uh, the editing of both of these movies is pretty uh, pretty incredible. Well, um, what's interesting is the editors of the last movie are the directors of this movie. Are the directors of this one, yeah, yeah. So that's the most interesting part. Like the, the, the original director, I think she got, has a story credit for this movie, but um, the editors of the last movie, they wrote the script and directed it. Uh, 
So I don't know if they did the editing too, but if they didn't, it would be funny if the editors of Missing are the directors of whatever the third movie is. If there is a third one, keep the tradition going. I do um, hope though they don't like run this into the ground. Like I don't want them to like fully franchise it in that uh, capacity. But like if you have an idea for a story that's as well thought out and um, told with as much care as these two movies. I'd love to see another movie like these. And um, so, yeah, I'm game for if they decide to do another one. Um, The movie, I think, already grossed like about nine million last weekend, which I think well exceeded its budget from my understanding. Uh, it's a seven million dollar budget, and it's made um almost eleven million dollars so far. Yeah, so I I don't think it was particularly um heavily marketed, so I can't imagine the marketing budget was too substantial for this. No, I mean I didn't, re- and honestly, when I went to get the trailer uh for this movie, it only had been out for uh two or three months, so literally maybe last halloween at the most um but yeah no i mean this is a f- and i mean you're right it did take like three and a half years to make this movie and i'm sure COVID had something to do with it but um but yeah no so they did not edit so the directors of this movie did not edit this movie on their own but there are like another set so of, it like, can continue yes yes um and but yeah the original director like writer director uh was a story creator uh for this and and then uh will merrick and nick johnson uh they wrote the script and directed it so yeah i guess um finding is going to be directed by austin keeling and um ariel uh Hmm. Uh, one thing i did notice at the beginning was that um i guess the the i think the initial director must i think she established a production company um and it's uh credited at the beginning of the movie that's i think it was like searching productions or something something i don't remember the exact name of it oh he okay yeah the original Uh, director excuse me the original director um i think he created a a um production company that was involved in this movie and it's called like searching productions or something. So I'll be curious to see if they have other ideas for like kind of found footage computer movies that aren't necessarily thrillers in this vein. Like I, I, so I, I would be, I'm, I'm just really curious to see where this all goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the original director does have another movie, uh, that came out right after searching called run with Sarah Paulson, uh, that you can find on Hulu. Um, it doesn't seem to be a found footage movie, but it is like a, another psychological horror movie. Okay. Uh, and there is, I mean, I don't, I'm looking through the internet and there's no rumors or anything of a sequel being greenlit right now as of this podcast as of the recording uh and we are recording on wednesday i don't think when searching came out it was i don't remember hearing anything about a sequel for a while yeah so i i imagine like i don't think they ever intended to make another one you know like they kind of figured it in my mind i i feel like it felt like a one and done type of movie um so that's why I'm kind of glad this did wasn't like a direct continuation where I think if it was a direct continuation with the same characters, it would have felt even more like kind of like exploiting this one family's trauma over and over again. Um, whereas when it's, if by centering on another family, it doesn't feel like you're, you're torturing this one family. It doesn't feel like the taken franchise, you know? Right. And in doing it like anthology style kind of gives you the freedom to like bring in other actors, bring in other unique like talents like John Cho and Storm Reed 
to like you know give them a kind of a shot give them like a little bit of a boost to, and also like give them a challenge like it's challenging to be in front of a computer as an actor for not 70 percent of the movie and also have to talk you know facetime you know which i mean the facetime stuff could have been shot separately but you know but still like you it's just you like you are the one that has to create the performance you're the one that has to you know enlisted the empathy from the audience so you know having two really good actors on the top of their game uh like the like like john chow and uh storm reed it it really kind of gives them ma- massive boost you know and for their careers in a massive Absolutely. in a good channel both give both give pretty great performances mm-hmm um also funny fact all of these movies are produced by uh tamar mabekmatov uh do you remember who he is david i don't know oh okay so tamar mabekmatov is the guy who uh started out as like the russian action the russian action filmmaker with night watch day watch and then he moved to american cinema and directed movies like wanted Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Ben Hur. Oh. Um, and then he's kind of come back to uh Russia for a couple things. And then but he's been the producer of stuff like Hardcore Henry and Unfriended. Uh, oh. and a couple other movies, you know, much like Searching and Missing. So yeah. Um trying to think of other things. I mean, these are two really fun movies. I, I I recommend these. Like, it's fun watching these. I hope there's another one. Um, but yeah, I mean, D- David, these were fun to watch. Um, I'm so glad I got to catch up on these. Uh, thanks for suggesting this, by the way. No problem. I was hearing good things about it, and I remember how much I liked searching and how much of a surprise that was so i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go check out missing and I, that's why i suggested we talk about it <laughs> yeah absolutely um so david if you don't have any more to say on missing or searching um um where can the good people find you and uh, do you have anything to plug you can find me on twitter at wiser underscore david and you can find me on my blog, uh, Film Assessment. I have handles for that as well. It's just at Film Assessment. And uh, good news to report. Uh, after all this time, I keep plugging away this coming uh, best of list. The combined best of 2020 and 2021 list is up on my blog if you want to go read that. Uh, in my best of 2022, um, I will probably get it up, either, if not this weekend, uh, sometime next week. Uh, I want to, or not, within the next week or two, uh, I want to have it up uh, around the time we're going to be doing our best of 2022 here on the podcast. And so um, you can look forward to that. Uh, Now that I don't have to think back to what I watched over the past three years, (laughs) then... it won't feel as daunting, especially since most of the movies on my list were movies I watched uh, more recently, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, so, or they're movies I watched multiple times last year, so I'm pretty comfortable and confident in how I felt about them. So I won't have too much difficulty writing about them. Um, so uh, yeah, you can look forward to that um, coming relatively soon i know it's also a little late but it's not as late as my last list and it's kind of gonna come out in a similar time frame as the best of for the podcast and hey it's around the time of uh oscar nominations so i think that's still pretty timely (laughs) absolutely absolutely um so in speaking of which we will do a best of 22 uh 2022 uh list and that is coming very very soon uh we do have like a couple more movies we do want to check out um some like especially woman talking like finally is coming to our area um so we can watch it so uh we're gonna watch that um i don't know if we'll do a review of it or not 
probably not given, you know, we have February is so jam packed and we really want to get into it. And uh, so, but we will do a best of 2022 list. It's coming. Um, I'm very confident and very happy with my list. Um, and if, and I will tease if David has the same number one uh, as mine, then, or is the same number one that I think he has, then I think we're, we're both going to have the same number one altogether. Uh, so, okay. But either way, I mean, I, I'm very looking forward to David's list. I don't I literally don't know what his list is. I'm just assuming that we both have the same number one. Um, but who knows? Uh, so that's it for our show this week. Uh, we'll be back very soon. We did have an Oscar special, like an Oscar kind of vignette. Um, I don't know if that'll come out at this either before or after this. <laughs> But it, it it's come. But please check that out. We did talk a little bit about the Oscar nominations and their surprise. Um, so thank you all so much. Uh, we'll be back with you very very soon. There's got to be a way to find her. Escuchas. I need you to go to this hotel and ask for their security footage. The cleaning señora says she sees two American tourists at the hardware store. What did he buy? Just this. You think he did something to her? You're going through Kevin's email? You need to let the police handle this. I tried, but we're running out of time. Who are these people? This woman calls him Darren. You weren't going to tell me my mom was dating a felon? You need to trust me on this. Shocking new footage has leaked online. No, no! I have some questions regarding something we're looking into. Has your mom ever gone by any of their names? What? The strangest case I've ever seen. There may be more than meets the eye. There are some legit questions. Hey, Junebug. There's actually a lot I want to talk with you about.